Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Where the bloody hell is he? Been waiting around all day. Better give him a ring. Someone professional. Yes, Bob. How are you? Uh, I'm all right, Matt. I'm just sort of sitting here waiting for us to record uh, the Bull Street podcast, Long Bull Street podcast. Where are you? Where am I? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm not there, am I? That's all you need to know right now, mate. I'm not there. What? what? That's it? You're not... Where are you? What? Are you coming? You've taken a holiday? Yeah. Didn't think... In the, in the sun, just having a pina colada. <laughs> <laughs> what, Matt, what, we're supposed to be doing the part. What's this about? Is it... I, it's, I'll tell you what it's about, mate. It's about an eye for an eye. It's about the Bull Tooth. An eye for an eye? Yeah, an eye for an eye. Because I wasn't here last week. So who am I? Who am I supposed yeah. to do the pod with then, Matt? I don't care who you do the, the, the pod with, but last week I did with James, didn't I? So maybe you should do it with James this week. I'm not doing it with James. I I tell you what. I tell you what. I'm gonna do what? it. I'm gonna do it with Stu. What? I'm gonna do it with Stuart. Stu. Yeah. Mate, that's out of order, man. And what? And what? What will Stu talk about? What will he talk about? He'll talk about Rangers, he'll talk about Celtic and the old firm. That's what's going to happen, and this is your fault. He's obsessed with it. It's your fault, mate. Bye. I think that's. I think he's being very childish, actually, and um, I just can't believe that uh, he's left me here. Because I was pretty sure that I told him that I was going. Oh, I was ringing back. Yes, Matthew, what do you want? Hanging up on me. Hanging up on me now, mate. I'll tell you what, right? I'd never hang up on you. That is out of order, mate. You fucking. I don't know who you think you are getting British Stuart on the ass. I mean, you know, we're going to speak a lot of the town hall now. This is case of Rangers. Rangers and Spurs. I'll tell you what, mate. When I get back, you vegetarian, skinny legged. Friends. Oh, I'm flavour, I've got a nice beard and glasses, and I've a baseball cap, and oh, talking balls and that lot. I'll see you at a far place, you motherfucker. <laughs> wow. The long ball street.
Welcome to the Long Ball Street Podcast. Today I'm here with Stuart, who you've heard before. Say hello, Stuart. Briefly. Yeah, brief, once or twice. 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 Yeah. And Amanda from the Football Supporters Federation, who runs the Fair Cop uh, section of the football. So we're going to go into a lot about um, about the state of policing in the game. Um, some of the things that have been going on in recent times in, in football has become quite a... Um, a poisonous atmosphere in some areas of the the Premier League, not least at West Ham. That we talked at length about last last week. But obviously, there's major issues come out about some of the problems inside that stadium, and it's such a very uh, uh, you can uh, once you kind of start to think about the breakdown of how that stadium came to be and how it's used as a football state uh, as a football stadium, as West Ham Stadium, and the fact that it's um, there's so many different controlling interested parties. If that makes any sense. So we're going to come on to that, but you might have realised that Matt's not here because um, uh, apparently he's gone on holiday. Yeah. Yeah, which everyone's entitled to. Yeah, except Matt. Except Matt, and apparently, except me, I'm, I'm not entitled to a holiday last, last That's week. That's because you often don't come back from them, love. <laughs> Due to cancellation, cancelled flights, it's not. This, there isn't a. There's not an agenda. There's not a documented evidence of that cancelled flight. I, I actually <laughs> sent documented evidence to Matt the minute it happened. Uh, anyway, so he's got the hump and he's just disappeared and I didn't realise so you've heard that just now. Um, but his co-host, he, he didn't want me to call you a co-host. He made that clear, Stu. Yeah, So just call me boss. Just boss. <laughs> All right, my bo- <laughs> boss Stu. Uh, yeah, so Amanda, let, let us know a little bit more, actually, before we do that. The second half of this podcast, um, we're going to be focusing a little bit more on the stuff that's been happening with Joey Barton. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna, we'll fill you in because it's, it's fascinating that he, he kind of came into Rangers as this he's quite exciting player, enigmatic, yeah. uh, and then it's gone tits up so badly. Very quickly. Really quickly. Yeah, I think it's just interesting from a football level, but yeah. also from a, a human and a press level as well, so I think there's lots to talk about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and other things around... Uh, Rangers and, and Celtic I don't know how much you'll be happy talking about yeah, that yeah we'll see I'll talk about it and then you'll just nod or, yeah. or shake your head how about that yeah that's fine alright Amanda yes so um, Fair Cop is how did it come it's about me. it's you it's yeah. me yeah. Yeah, it's, your Twitter's at fair, uh, it, FSF it underscore Fair Cop it is yeah Yeah. shall I repeat that yeah. for the benefit of your listeners yeah. F for football S for supporters F for federation underscore Fair Cop Okay, and is me on Twitter. What's that all about? It is um, looking after the interests of supporters off the pitch. So I will be your first port of call if you happen to find yourself arrested, or if you have cause to complain about the policing or stewarding, or aspects of your match day experience. I hate match day experience. I know. But, uh, you, just, yeah. just, you just say it now, don't you? Yeah. Um, a customer's match day experience. A customers, yeah. Spectators, yeah. 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 Well, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, if if you're not happy with, um, I don't know, you might have been pushed around by a steward or been sworn at or whatever, or the policing might have been a bit heavy-handed, then you generally moan a lot on Twitter or Facebook, mm. and I say get in touch. And sometimes fans do, but 
Oh, no so, so it's like a citizen's advice bureau for fans almost. That's exactly yeah. what it is, yes. And, and how much, you know, because I wasn't aware of it until, I think during the Euros when we'd guys out there and yeah. we'd get into a, a Twitter chat, I think, when James was caught in Marseille yeah. and, and, you know, there was policing issues there and, you know, all the England fans been tarred with one brush. So that was my first awareness of it. How, how much... Um, are people generally aware? And, and do you do you seek fans out if you They're, see something happening on Twitter and yeah, contact them? Um, invariably, people aren't aware of me until they need to be aware of me. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm quite well known in the Twitter world and obviously word of mouth. Um, if I don't sort of proactively... I'm not an ambulance chaser, but yeah, obviously yeah. I look through social media to find out what's going on. Yeah. And if there's anything bad happen, I'll just say, look, you know, if you want any help, get in touch some fans do and and some fans don't and it's the fans that don't that are really the problem yeah I, I think there's a real mentality among fans which i call the expect and accept culture mm. they kind of expect to be treated badly you know herded from pillar to post mm. and when they do when they are treated like that they tend to accept it i mean again to be fair you know we, we've all gone out haven't we had a shit meal or whatever and yeah. we've gone home we've gone on TripAdvisor or wherever and then come monday morning oh you know, let's, let's forget about it. But I think in a football context, fans, I think, need to be far more vociferous than they are because while things are hugely better than they were when I first started doing this job, there are still issues. But if you were treated like that in any other context apart yeah. from football, the chances are you, you would do something yeah, about yeah. it. You, how much of it do you think... That, that I think there's a couple of things. One, because obviously the, the foundation of most fame, fan bases is based in working class men yeah. 60s 70s you don't complain you get on with it yeah. and if you're treated badly it's part of the badge of honour it's like being herded up being kettled being moved to from stadium it, there's so much so, so many fans actually look at that as a as a positive not a positive thing something that they can boast about if they're a part yeah of they can get their phones out can't they and film themselves and go on youtube yeah 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 there's that and 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 and, and the fact is that we've had i've had my old man and and my older brothers, you, you just get on with it. It is something that you 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 accept as a part of being a football fan. And the, the idea of complaining about it is foreign. It's just not on. It's not on. And yeah, it's, it's grassing as well, isn't it? Some people yeah, 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 say. Yeah, that, yeah. But you're not. I mean, it depends what you're saying. Grassing grassing on a on a. Hey, you grass on a cop. It's not. A good, <laughs> well, it might, well, it's not maybe, maybe it grass be. is not quite the wrong word, but it's almost yeah. grass. That, you know, you, you don't want to be seen yeah. to be a whingy baby. Yeah, it's uh, that kind of thing, and that's what you're combating really because. What I've been in situations at football specifically, or the most pertinent is last year at Dortmund, yeah. where people could have been killed. It, it was that dangerous. And I didn't actually... I whinged a lot when I come back, but I didn't really do anything about it. I knew that the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust did a great job in sorting that and dealing with that issue. But the mindset, even people who are in the know who know you, yeah. is still largely... Unless they're there with their let's kids. Just get on with it. Mm. Oh, yeah. And then... You know, I had a Millwall fan on the phone the other day and he said exactly what you just said. Um, put up with all this shit for years and years and years. It, it, we, you don't complain, you just get on with it. But when I'm with my boy, that's a different story mm. altogether. But then the, you also get the younger fans who... Are, you know, the atmosphere groups, or so-called atmosphere groups, and they wear all the gear and 
I would say they don't actively seek out disorder, but if it came to them, they're not going to run from it. But then, mm. so for those who don't that, know, the, sorry to cut you, the, like ultras, you, I, essentially, yeah, yeah, essentially like ultras. So yeah, yeah. I mean, not yeah, ultras, but not in the yeah, 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 they're yeah, non-political yeah, 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 here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then I'll, I'll get um, hear from them quite a lot. Oh, the police have been following us around with the camera. They want to know where we are and what we're doing, and we get all this grief and da 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 da, da. and. Wait, you sit them down and I say, right, have you ever been around disorder? We are. I was quite close to it a few weeks ago. And how do you behave on a train? Well, we like to have a sing-song and we like to do this. And what do you wear? Well, of course, I wear all the gears. I said, well, you're you're a marked man then. You know, whether or not you are a risk fan, the police will deem you a risk fan. And sometimes the police... I mean, the police... Some police definitely push the boundaries with them because you know they're not like say sadly black kids have to be clued up around stop and search and I think football fans should be the same they should be clued up around their rights and I think consciously or subconsciously there's an element within the police that almost take advantage of the fact that they're dealing with a load of youngsters that don't know their rights you you know you hear some really quite bad things about how they're treated but there's been penance for the trouble before in a sense aren't they they've turned with that brush and I think there's something there's something interesting at play is is the game gentrifies if that's the right word and we're customers and it's an entertainment venue as much as a sports venue you know how much of the club's not wanting to, to entertain that type and I of think some some of the behaviour is a definite kickback against that I mean pyro is more or less on the way out now isn't it yeah but I think more, or it's more or less I mean we still see it but not as much and I think the use of pyro was absolutely a two finger gesture yeah. of defiance to this whole sit but, but down isn't that interesting am I right in thinking that in Sweden that the clubs or some clubs give pyros to the fans those that are deemed to be I think, safe and <sighs> That there's a more organised structure right. behind it in Sweden, and I, I I think it still might be against the law there, right, okay. but not as enforced as it is here. Right. And I think perhaps a more pragmatic yeah. we approach. Yeah, we saw is taken. recently what happened in Poland with Legia Warsaw, yeah, yeah. and I, I saw this guy, a Scottish geezer, actually was talking about in in Scotland. It was a joke, but we can't even take a a, a, a fruit shoot with a, cat, with a <laughs> lid on it. It, 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 meanwhile in Scotland that kind of yeah. thing and it's yeah. it's true I think going back to what you said about the uh, the young people and, and we at the Fighting Cock we set up the 1882 movement and we found that the, by and large it was a younger set of fans but they were ones that grew up in the insipid atmosphere that football provided them yeah. and they were desperate to experience some of that passion that, that, that I talked about on the podcast and what my dad used to show me and talk to, to, to me about and I think like you said it is a two fingers you, they kind of they see it as an us and them type attitude we, we're not allowed to stand we're not allowed to sing certain yeah. songs we're not allowed to get on our seats it, it, it's sort of so controlled that and, and so that you're, you're policed so severely you were it's getting a bit better now that the, the the reaction is to is, is to be doubly aggressive yeah. or, or, or and then it doesn't help as well when there are incidents but these so called ultra groups are blamed for it because nobody really understands the structure of them I mean there mm. is no formal structure there wasn't a formal structure with the 1882 mm. but then fans of clubs that have these groups if something happens well that group is to blame yeah when they might not necessarily be to blame I'll give you an example of that the Spurs away at Villa about three years ago um, someone let off a smoke a smoke bomb 
and um, threw it on the pitch, didn't they? Well, well he, he got thrown. He, on the he pitch. dropped it. Someone <clears> picked <throat> it up. It was, it was near their kid. They threw yeah. it. Hit the linesman. So pretty bad series of events, really. If, you know, an obstacle going on the pitch and hitting someone. Don't actually see that much. And instinct, not just the club, but the fans started pointing fingers at, yeah. at what we were doing. Um, as it turned out, it was nothing to do with us, clearly. But that's a prime example, isn't it? You would have got the blame because yeah. you were the young Larry lads jumping up and down and mm. banging a drum and yeah. making a noise and not wearing your club shirt. It's, it's, it's interesting because, like, um, you know, certainly Crystal Palace seem to support it. Rangers, you've got the Union Bears that yeah. the club seem to give access to to set up their um, what do you call it their, their shows essentially yeah. Yeah. same at um, Celtic Park with the Green Brigade and for the most part I think they're, they're, they're a great thing you know it's brought atmosphere they're the ones creating atmosphere preserving some sort of history yeah. without when they don't go over the line mm. but then you see what happened at Celtic Park the other week the effigies of um, they were photoshopped weren't they those effigies hanging the hanging ones I I've not heard that, and someone's been arrested for it today, I believe. Have they? Yeah, so here. But I, 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 when it all came back, so I saw the pictures on Twitter, and yeah. I just thought, well, I went, just no, horrendous. it was. I mean, I mean, I've seen articles in the Spanish press, and someone does an article in the BBC today saying that someone's been arrested for it. Um, yeah, okay. It could be that they arrested for Photoshop. <laughs> well, that, that's but, social media for you, yeah, isn't it? Because everyone was. Getting... I think the thing is, like, regardless, you know, I didn't know about that during the game. I was offended after the game. Yeah. I still understand it's a rivalry thing. But again, certain groups will be tarred with that when maybe it wasn't them. Um, yeah. Interesting to look at and see if that is a Photoshop thing. Well, given the, the, the press afterwards, I can't imagine it was. Um, but yeah, I mean. It must be difficult for police to, to 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 do their job sometimes because fans do uh, certainly in the rivalries between you know Rangers and Celtic yeah. for example the the fans do take it to a level that would wouldn't normally be seen you know that the hatred is real so to police that must be quite a difficult thing do you think police have a difficult job at football now or what what because you're someone who's supposed to be in the middle yeah it, when you when you have a problem you're not supposed to think right police are assholes fans are pricks you're supposed <laughs> they're supposed to be this, this, this you know yeah. subjective no police don't have an easy job full stop do they and the longer i've done this job the more i have an appreciation of that mm-hmm. um and you're right you know sometimes fans behave like complete dickheads and there's absolutely no defending the indes- yeah. def- defensible at all i wouldn't even begin to try but the policing is much much better than it was um, I think like your North London derby the policing is now more hands off yeah we can't get on at them at all I know <laughs> they're right in God, the middle it must of all be of so galling so I think that, that's when they're prepared for them but, well, if you take the old fun game as an example and, and how well it's placed now you, know, yeah. you rarely see trouble you still find a way to to cause trouble in some regard yeah, but yeah. you know they control the trouble well they do, and I think there's a far better understanding now of how the policing plays into the dynamic mm. because the policing of the old days you know where the police would be in their public order gear and their helmets from the start yeah. and they'd be barking dogs at the station and cameras you know handheld cameras yeah. then it almost becomes Spurs versus Arsenal versus the police, police yeah. and the tone is being set I mean of, I get the hatred I get the rivalry and everything else but for the vast majority of match going fans it's another game with an added 
edge. I tell you what, I think it's just English um, cops are soft because I remember it. <laughs> I remember it. I think it was eighty eight. Um, I was down at Aston Villa and I went to Villa v Millwall, yeah. and it's the first time I'd seen the Millwall fans in the flesh. And it was like a war zone. <laughs> was it? Um, the cops and riot. I'd never seen a cop and riot gear. I'd yeah. seen police horses and that, but yeah. never seen a cop and riot gear. I'd been to old fun games and yeah. you just saw the bobbies and the normal hats. But that dynamic, you're right, it totally changed. It totally changed. Yeah. It was, there was two people to fight against almost. Yeah. Well, this is it. The, the exact same thing. The exact same. When, as soon as you started mentioning that and the, the bright police at the station, yeah. you come down White Hart Lane, you walk past them. Your, your, your back's up immediately. Of course and, it is. And, and, and as, yeah. as, as someone who's never had a fight at football ever, categorically, uh, you do, you, it is something really instinctual that comes out and it adds to it. it yeah, adds so it's like the story I was telling you is about Manchester. So obviously, UEFA Cup final, what was that, 2008? Um, lots of bad scenes after it. Yeah. You know, policemen in the ground. I can say from my experience it was a minor- minority, you know, there was more than a tiny minority. Well, you, for those that don't know, what, what actually happened in a well, nutshell? Well, to me it was, it started, You'd depending on what source you read, 120,000 Glaswegians, Rangers fans, or 200,000. So we were playing uh, Zenit, St. Petersburg right. and Manchester. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of... Good atmosphere in the morning, everybody arriving at nine, but very early in the morning we had an experience where we asked a cop directions and it was a cop brought in from another part of the country and his response to us was, fuck off, off. you jock bastards. Right, that was a ve- our very first experience like of West, the police. That, that, that sounds like West Yorkshire police. Of, yeah, of, of what I was saying <laughs> earlier. Exactly? That was it? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if that was the response to somebody at Notting Hill Carnival? Asking yeah. It, that, that would be... Horrendous, yeah, wouldn't yeah. it? The response, but because it's a football fan, a you're not going to report it. B the Guardian certainly aren't going to report <laughs> yeah. it either. So it perpetuates. Yeah, this. We, we were all in fine fatal, and you know, you, you started to there was all you know, and a crowd of that size, and, and being that most of them are from Glasgow, you're going to get an element that are that are out to uh, cause trouble anyway. But then it, it was when the screen went down, and maybe they shouldn't have turned it off or whatever. Just what? all the, Sorry, you, there was a sc- there was a, there the fans was a watching the screen, screen in yeah. a, a fan park and it went faulty and it got turned off within I think five minutes of the game starting. Oh so everybody had to go and find somewhere to watch the game and what have you. But I was I was actually with my cousin's husband, who is a he's an English guy, but he's a cop in Glasgow, and we were with like the chief super and a few others. I was just standing with them as this was on folding and they were going why aren't the police arresting that guy why aren't they just nipping that bit in the bud why are they treating those fans like that and they were just pointing out everything that was wrong and like you're talking about the dynamic just started to change and overtake itself and those people that you know there's the troublemakers there's those that gravitate Mm. towards trouble and then there's the bystanders that uh, bystanders that sometimes get drawn in and can't help but being drawn in and that 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 happened, you know, you could see it unfold. But that's that's surely an unpoliceable situation, really. You've got hundred, how many people? Eighty thousand watching that screen. What? Not not according to the police that I was with. No, not, not according to the police that I was with. Um, you've got other events of that size around the world that can be policed, and yeah, they might not have the football tension and dynamic. Yeah. but there was things that could be done to stop that snowballing. Do you know what would have stopped it? Just spung loads what? of footballs in there. Winning. <laughs> winning with the start. Yeah, winning. Or rain. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I just find I find it um, really interesting. What I really find interesting the next day, like you say, the Guardian in particular, the way they reported it, but how the police were on the front foot from the very morning. You know, and I watched Monko get mystery. I've seen lots of bad stuff happening, but they focused on this one incident with, I think, maybe 20 to 40 Rangers fans. You saw things going on beforehand, but that was released to tar mm. all fans with the one the one brush right away. Mm. But the PR machine just swung into action. I think the media play their part as well. I mean, two, do, yeah. two recent examples of that, both entirely coincidentally involving West Ham fans. Um, firstly, after the FA Cup game up at Old Trafford, towards the end of last season absolute carnage back at Piccadilly Station because the sheer numbers had been underestimated there weren't enough trains it, it was just a perfect storm was created there was no crowd management within the station and Piccadilly is quite a small mm, yeah. station compared to Euston or Waterloo um, and yeah of course there was a bit of pushing and shoving and of course people were mightily pissed off but it wasn't a riot you know broadly speaking people were well behaved given the circumstances but of course the next day it's football fans kick off at the station mm-hmm. nobody examined what had happened there nobody looked at the causes of that nobody looked at the absolute failure of the various stakeholders to ensure proper mm-hmm. crowd management and again with West Ham the last game of the Berlin um, we all saw the scenes on Green Street the Man United bus getting bricked absolutely not acceptable But and the focus was entirely on that what the focus wasn't on and should have been was the fact that nobody anticipated the sheer numbers of West Ham fans yeah. who would be on Green Street from lunchtime wow. and again that was a failure of a, a multi-agency failure A, there was no dialogue with fans B, you know, when fans started pouring down Green Street, nobody stopped to think, shit, hang on a minute, there's mm. thousands of people here. The pubs run out of beer, which is something I've told Spurs about, you know, mm. when you have your last game at White Hart Don't Lane. Don't run out of beer. Don't run out of beer because that's just terrible. Good work, but to Amanda. be fair, I had, um, you know, a meeting with the Met Police and the Safety Advisory Group and the Safety Officer at West Ham, and it was very frank, very candid, very transparent, and, you know... It, they all held their hands up to, yeah, we could have done and we should have done better. But the media, again, focused on the bus getting attacked. It's because it's not... It's, it's, it's a story. It's yeah, and it's, it's also because it's the easy thing to do. They're not bothered with writing it anymore, are they? No. And, and doing the research no. and interviews, if you can get that out. And yeah, get but they said that the audience. game, you know, the kickoff was delayed because of the coach being attacked. I mean, the Man United players thought it was fucking hilarious, yeah. didn't they? Rolling around yeah, on the yeah. floor of the coach and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody reported what actually happened exactly the same with the Euros you know it took about 48 hours I think for the mainstream press to realise exactly what was going on out there which was our fans with a handful of exceptions were very much the victims and not mm. the aggressors. Mm. We, it's, that's really interesting because we found that we were able, Bull Street were able, we had someone out there and we were able to tell that. Billy, wasn't it? Uh, James. James. Oh, James. Right, okay, James. Uh, yeah. Billy was out there yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, Billy was as well. And um, he was managed. To, he, he was able to tell that story yeah. before the mainstream media because the first thing we read, English jobs, yeah. at it again, and James is out there going, that's not what's happening here. They're being attacked by locals, police are surging. And as we know, we know the story by now, but, but, but with the advent of fan media, you actually, we're in it and we're able yeah. to report and talk about these things and not rely on the reports of the press uh, solely, although they have value as well. And, and then many people are tell do, do, you know, good work, you know, but we were, we were there and able to tell that story. And, and um, with, the, with the change in the way people tell stories using the media now and fans able to do that is there um, 
is a similar change happening to the way we're viewed as football fans generally mm. by football clubs, do you think, and police? I think football clubs are definitely getting better. Um, you know, for decades we've been talked about, haven't we? We've been talked around, but we've very rarely been spoken to. But there's now sort of like numerous examples of good practice. Spurs, um, Man United are much, much better in talking with their fans. Liverpool are better. Um, none of them are what you would call perfect, but considering where we were four or five years ago, a mm. hundred times better. And again, I think social media has hugely played its part. And what else has played its part is the unity now between supporters. I mean, when I first started doing this job, I was talking to, say, the Man United supporters groups and the Liverpool fans groups. And I kept saying, look, you know, you, you've got to get in the public domain that you are actually talking together to each other. Oh, well, our fans groups wouldn't like it. It would cause absolute nightmares. Yeah. Now we've all seen the unity, you know, like when Liverpool staged their walkout over home ticket prices Mm -hmm. they got support from every single fans group Mm -hmm. in the country and I think there is a realisation now from the clubs that hang on a minute we've in the past relied on the natural division between fans now that natural division is fading away of course it still exists on a match day and and everywhere else but in terms of supporters themselves realising how effective we can be United as opposed to separate I think that's making the clubs realise shit you know hang on a minute we we don't want this negative publicity look at what and the fans as well you know they're very astute they can get their hands on all sorts of information they can talk to sponsors and again social media just amplifies what they do and it goes around the world and clubs don't want their brand yeah you know, taken through the mud. So yeah, I mean, there, there's all sorts. But is, of it, is factors. it their brand or is it our brand? It's our brand, thing, isn't, isn't it? it? But yeah. then you, again, you lapse into this their brand, our brand. I mean, of course, it's ours, yeah. the supporters. But yeah, it's interesting because I think it up well, again. I think it's just a wider. You know, I think Nicky from West Ham fan TV said something along the lines of, "We need to get our heads around this. The game is no longer ours. It's changed for good." Mm. Um, and I think some of the reaction that you're seeing uh, from from fan groups and fans in general, whether it's standing up or, or or whatever, is a reaction to something that they had real a real connection with slipping away slightly. You know that the, the history that was passed down from your fathers, as we talk about, that's slipping away. And I think you're seeing some of that in the reaction of fans to yeah. to place the club like I don't, as well. I don't 100 percent agree with Nicky there. I, I think that without action and without any kind of uh, militancy, that, that it will the game will slip away and yeah. become whatever the TV companies and whoever it might be want want the game to be. Um, but we saw with the ticket prices that they, you can make them listen. Um, there are there. There are fan media groups and organisations like Arsenal Fan TV are getting into Arsenal and have been taken seriously by them. I mean, that's who would want that really anyway. But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying is there's there's there is an opportunity to change the game from within. I think at the moment, and it just requires us to work a bit more together, club together, mm-hmm. which is obviously the Bull Street's motto. Um, and the fact that that was that was a term that came well, you you guys came up with that a while back, didn't you? Club together. Yeah. So the fact that these people, the fans, are willing to work together, and and and, and instead of looking sideways to throw blame yeah. or, or take the piss out of fellow fans, you're actually looking up and saying, actually, what's the real problem here? Yeah, it's, it's like what Amanda says. It's what unites us. Yeah, needs to be strong. You, you'll never um, separate out what our clubs mean to us, but what you, there's, there's common causes here that we need to rally around, as it were. Yeah, I, I actually found myself having to 
sign a joint statement with the Black Scarf movement, Did which you? I never thought I would ever do. Well, it's like that it goes back to what I said earlier. Don't get me wrong, it made me puke in my mouth. <laughs> it was horrible, but the greater good. Yeah. You know, it's easier to be seen. Yeah. And, and there are bigger problems than, than partisanship. Course. Mm. Um, speaking of problems, bubble matches are they still a, still a thing? And if 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 those that don't know, can you explain? What a bubble are? match is thankfully very rare, um, but it's as when you buy your match ticket as part of condition of buying your match ticket, you agree to travel to the game by coach, right, regardless okay. of where you live. And that's a good question because Wrexham play Chester this weekend, and that's one of the few bubble matches remaining I can't remember which way round it is can you check so I'm not embarrassing myself yeah, of on course. the what is podcast that? how fierce a rivalry is Wrexham and Chester how, what, how many fans are we talking about oh small under under, under 10 uh, Wrexham Wrexham so the Chester fans I don't know what, what's the capacity of the ground it'll be about 15 it's a cross border derby because yeah. they're 12 miles apart yeah. right um, what was that sorry Amanda the capacity is only about 20 um, 20 race courses isn't it if I make a tip of myself, can you edit this out so I don't have lots of angry fans? Uh, she doesn't even know the capacity of our ground. I'm sure you can't know the capacity <laughs> yeah, of every ground. Yeah, I should yeah. have a rough idea. Um, but what, what... Okay, so, so it's at Wrexham, isn't it? So the Chester fans will have to, um, regardless of where they live, they'll have to go to Chester Stadium, although it might be that a couple of pick-up points have been agreed on the way, yeah. um, get on a bus to the game, arrive at the game, watch the game, and then get on the bus back to Chester, right. regardless of where they live. And the policing there, you've seen nothing like it. They have a helicopter up, they have loads of police escorting the coaches. Last year, at the last fixture, the police were in full riot gear. There's a picture of them on my... Twitter feed somewhere mm. and I contrasted it I think the um, North East Derby had been played at the same Seems weekend and the police at the North East Derby were in shirt sleeves and trousers at the Derby it was full body armour what's so bad about that one though? Why, what, are they just just it's, it's well, like you say, it's a cross, cross border so yeah, it's England yeah, I know, and Wales Dundee and Dundee United are at the end of each yeah, street, England Wales Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but even still, Jesus what? what there, there has been trouble bad? in the past, but no, I wouldn't have said it's any better or worse than your game or the Manchester derby. Or, mm. but yeah, I mean, the, the policing is just absolutely, and it really just it does set, set the scene, doesn't it? Absolutely, set, set, it, it does. does set the scene. And also, as well, and and this is a point I make wherever, it also sets a scene in the general non-footballing public. Mm. You know, if if they arrive in a town or wherever and they see all this, yeah, it's bloody hell football again. Look at these thugs. Look at these animals. Look at these yobs. Look at these poor police having to protect them. Yeah. But you know, as many many supporters legitimately point out, if GMP can police the Manchester derby at four o'clock, five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, why the police there just have to do this? It's, it's a military operation. Mm. To shift the fans around, and it's ruined the derby. Is it? Is it that then? It's the way that the, the police in that constituency want to deal with this, or is it? Is it? Because why? I, d- I d- yeah, but I still I, don't understand why, why that why, derby why, is any worse than any any other hatred. It's not. I, I, I wish I knew why. I wish I could sit down with the police and say why. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Why do you continue to do this when every other police force around the country, you know, even Millwall now can go wherever they want on a match day. They yeah. they don't all the all the um, restrictions that used to be imposed on them aren't anymore, mm-hmm. and rightly so. And Leeds, and you know, all the clubs with the bad reputations. Why they police it like that, I really don't know. Um, I mean, our argument is we all know who the troublemakers are. Police them. Yeah. Put all your helicopters and your robocops and everything else into identifying the troublemakers and then let everybody else have freedom yeah, of movement. Yeah. 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 Um, what, what, are, do, do you think, by and large, though, police do have a different opinion of football fans now? And, and, and how is that manifested? How does that manifest in the, the way they, they, they kind of police? I said they're, they're definitely much better. They're, I think there's a better understanding all round of how their policing style plays into the dynamic mm-hmm. of the day itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, GMP now police Manchester Derby, as far as they're concerned, it, it's just like any other match to them, and that's exactly how it should be. Mm. Um, you, you don't get the police in their public order gear from the off, but they're there, you know, they're parts of the, they're there waiting, waiting yeah. just in case. Well, that's um, fine. It's funny, like, it's yeah, the last you, you time I was in it. Glasgow, there was a Beyonce concert on, I think at Hamden, and there was loads of fighting at that. Was there? Apparently. <laughs> and yeah, think, that's uh, fucking Scotland. I know, that's what I mean, Glasgow, <laughs> which was cracking me up, but, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was more arrests at that than yeah, the yeah. actual There game. was yeah. allegedly more arrests at the Take That concert at the Manchester Arena than... Yeah, uh, you can, you can yeah. imagine, because it's, you know... Well, it, um, I've been on trains before now, going up to Manchester, and by coincidence, take that I've been playing, and the trains are full of screeching women yeah, who have been to Marks and Spencers with a prosecco, yeah. and they're necking it and necking it and necking yeah, it. Yeah, they're going mental. They go, they go absolutely so, so mental. Do you, do you foresee the same problems in women's football? <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely. I don't think even think they have stewards at women's football. But I think um, if you ask the average cop whether they'd r- deal with a load of pissed up women or a load of football fans. I think they're probably yeah. so like Can I ask a question that's going to be difficult for you to answer? You may. Who pays for the police at football matches? The club do within a pre-agreed footprint right. of the stadium and, and then the taxpayer, everything else. Right, so would you say that the police bill... Can, is there any room for where or, or, or space where 
the police could actually make money off of a, a, a football match and do is it in their interest to heavily police it based on what they can charge That's a football club? That's a very club? cynical viewpoint. That is, I'm surprised. But no, it's a good question. Um, to be honest... Oh, I mean, I and I don't know the answer. Could the police like, profit? Do you mean, sorry, let me rephrase it. More parking tickets. Let, let, me re, let me rephrase, right? So you've got pl- police moaning that there isn't enough overtime, there's not enough hours, uh, and, 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 and a football match is a perfectly place to just give the police the hours they need to, in order to supplement their wages. The, 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 interestingly, the Metropolitan Police have pulled out of policing a lot of stadiums in London now. They'll police the surrounds of the stadium. Yeah. But think back to when was the last time you saw a load of police in White Hart Lane? The last time 1882 movement were there. That's not a joke either. That, that yeah, would be so, the last time when they were trying to nick people for singing yids. Yeah, and you probably don't see that many. I can't remember in, the last the time I see a copper. I think, I think it was the Mirror recently did Freedom of Information Act request to get the policing bills. Yeah. And the Metropolitan Police was really, really low compared compared to, say, Greater Manchester oh, Police yeah, or Merseyside or anywhere so else. Can the police legitimately profit? <coughs> I have to hold my hands. I don't know. You would like to think... If they could, then not. the fact that the Met have me. dropped... Yeah. Yeah. What, what you do here is um, sometimes there might be a high-risk game, generally lower down the leagues, and the police will say, you can only sell... 1,000 tickets to away fans if you want to sell 2,000 tickets your policing bill is going to be X X because we are going to have to put a whole lot of more cops Mm. on duty on that day but I think the Met not policing as much I mean obviously the North London Derby Chelsea West Ham you know all of those games are going to have to be policed and will for a long time to come but I think it's absolutely brilliant that the police have pulled out you yeah. know the, the world is still turning yeah. I you, think we've not I've seen riots on the streets and I think that just is indicative of how far football fans have moved on I mean yeah of course the demographic has changed mm-hmm. and you still get the twats acting up but the days of the organised violence are long gone yeah I mean it's well, still going to you know, it's it's a way, like you say, for people to express themselves. Sometimes it's a subculture that you're expressing your identity. Aren't if football you? didn't exist, there'd be another avenue for it. Yeah. Um, but just back to the, the sort of West Ham situation recently. Yeah, the police not been around. But are you confident that those stewarding in the stadium, providing security or whatever, are competent enough or invested enough in training? I am confident that um, there is a good understanding of what the problems are and I am confident that the various partners, stakeholders, etc. are working together to ensure a safe match day experience. Okay. <laughs> well, that was good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but from uh, it must be that see the whole, that whole situation from the very start with the West Ham uh, Stadium and the fact that they've managed to get it for pretty much nothing. That's the first thing owned by and large by the by the people, probably entirely by the, by the taxpayers, yeah. whatever it is. And it's, there's a weird situation where stewards are being provided by an external mm. company, yeah, uh, being outsourced. Um, there's no radio comms inside um, so police can go in and will go in to sort out a problem yeah. but it's very difficult for them to work efficiently with 
out. It's a, it's a health and safety thing for the police as well. I mean, the, the, when after the Watford game, West Ham came out and said, yeah, you know, this is terrible, we're going to ban everyone for life, and the police will be inside the stadium yeah. and outside. Now, I knew about the radio problems at that time, and I thought, well, that's odd, because I know that the police can't go in there because their radios don't work. And then with an hour of West Ham putting out that statement, or an hour or two, the Met Police came out with quite a uniquely strongly worded statement that set out their position. Yeah. So I'm sure your listeners are intelligent enough to read between the yeah, lines yeah. On, on, I mean, on that. It's not a, it, it's I, not a secret, but... It's not a secret. I, no, I understand it's difficult for you to come in because you're ultimately trying to make make the best for fans and for clubs and for yeah. police so that ultimately I, the game I, is I, a safer place for I everybody. work that line where I've got to have a relationship with the various partners yeah. as I do with the police around the country and yes, sometimes I am privy to confidential information yeah. and it's just walking that line between gaining their trust you know and having meetings with them and not going out and then going yeah. all over Twitter saying oh guess what this is not, not that I know anything earth shattering yeah. absolutely not but to represent supporters I can't feel compromised and, re- and respecting confidentiality doesn't make me feel compromised mm-hmm. in, in this case but yeah. yeah I had the meeting on Monday with um, the various people involved in West Ham but not the club and yeah I was surprised at the grasp that they had and they, of the discontent that supporters mm. were feeling I mean when you see dads on social media saying I'm not taking my kids or yeah. older fans saying it's just that's just horrendous for any business isn't it whether it's football or the theatre mm. or whoever so aside from all the other aspects West Ham and all the various contractors don't want that, do they? No. So that's an incentive in itself to get things right. And they will get things right. It will take a while to get things right. West Ham are moving fans around the stadium more, so like-minded fans can be together. So that's obviously going to help. Um, Stewards are going to be seen in more regular places than they have been before. Um, So, yeah, things will get better. It's not going to happen overnight, but... Hopefully, by the end of the season, things will have settled down. And to be fair, it's a really difficult thing to get right. I mean, uh, personally, from my own perspe- perspective, I think they've got it massively wrong. I think they've made huge mistakes, uh, but I I'd appreciate But it goes wider than just issues at the stadium. I think there's a, a broader feeling about how the exit from the last stadium was handled. Yeah. There's a whole powder keg of emotions there that, you know, whether it's true or not, but... The, seems like the club aren't doing enough to, to talk to the fans about other things as well. So no, I, that, I mean, there, there, there's, there's just a catalogue of... of that they have called them... missteps. Mi- yeah. Missteps. <laughs> missteps, does <it> class. <laughs> the club have called a meeting for fans to attend this coming <laughs> yeah, Tuesday. Oh, Jesus, that's going to be fun. Do you know what? They, 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 I hope to, yeah. yeah. Um, they've just got to sit there and take it. Yeah. And if they do that, and if they hold their hands up and say, yeah, we know that some of you are having a shit time... I think that's going to help rebuild some trust, build a few bridges there. Hmm. Um, but also, what's happening on the pitch isn't helpful. Yeah. No, you know, no that, that's going to. It's, it's like, no, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's this whole customer thing. It's like no other business in the world. Nobody's nah. invested in what they're attending the way a football fan is. So yeah. it's got so many avenues to go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so just because we've run on quite long, but what what. So, so a fan. So let's take the West Ham examples. A fan got into a fight in the yeah. stadium. Uh, may or may have not have done it, um, but has been accused, arrested, or had his membership taken. Is that the kind of thing that they might 
then come to you and yes. talk to you about so what, what yeah. should they, who should they contact and what should they do um well, it, whether they've been arrested or have cause to complain about the policing or stewarding, I'm really, really lucky in so far as there's two excellent solicitors. Melanie, who does the criminal law, she's got her own firm now, dealing predominantly with football-related right. cases, and a chap called Lachlan Parker, who works for a, a firm in Stratford that picks up all the civil cases and the human rights cases. Right. So not only are they there to represent fans, they are both of them there very happily to take, um, you know, give free of charge advice over the uh, phone. Yeah, yeah. And then if those supporters want to go on to instruct them, then that's obviously up to up them. To them. Um, I'm, I'm the triage person, yeah. so you can come to me first. So se- they, is it best to email you? Or? Email me, phone me. Um, you know, this job is not Monday to Friday, yeah. nine to five. So if it happens on a Saturday afternoon, ring me up and I can help give interim advice but I think the most important thing is a lot of your listeners will be thinking why do I need this I'm never going to get arrested Mm -hmm. at football statistically they probably won't but the vast majority of people that do ring me up are people like you and you who rock up at their match on a Saturday afternoon and then something happens and they find themselves nicked yeah and and I've dealt with people from all walks of life who yeah. have found themselves arrested the, 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 against Dortmund last year just because I mentioned this before yeah. people were getting squashed uh, it broke from, the, the pressure was so much in the crowds that the, the turnstiles opened Yeah, and it was fucking mayhem um, people were throwing lumping people fights breaking out everywhere I, can't, I don't know if anyone was arrested but 14 people were injured those were reason, normally reasonable people acting yeah. out in, an, yeah, in, a, in yeah, a stressful yeah. situation where they could have been arrested easily. Yeah, and you can you can think of countless situations where if the police had handled it differently or you'd reacted differently, that you could see that that path mm. to, to something yeah, yeah. Uh, going wrong in that sense. Well, a West Ham fan got arrested at the situation at Piccadilly Station that I mentioned earlier because he saw a kid being crushed in the crowd and he kicked off and he got nicked and charged that, with yeah. Section 5 public order. Yeah. And thankfully the case was dropped, but yeah. not before it had gone to court. And there's always a risk in that. So, yeah. And don't you mention the law there. You know, there's, there's things like, is it the offensive... Football Behaviour Act or something That's in yours Scotland. Up in yeah. Scotland. So in terms of the law, because you know there's a lot of contention about. I guess it's the same down here. But do, do, do the guys like the human rights guy? Do, is there a broader campaign against the laws around football, or is there another organisation well, that picks that up? The, we've got just like an ongoing campaign called "Watching Football Is Not a Crime." Um, I think the, the football legislation is here to stay for the foreseeable future. Um, but there's legislation affecting you as a football fan that won't affect you as a rugby fan or a cricket fan. So, you know, um, you can go to the rugby or a stag weekend or whatever. You can get on your coach. You don't have to tell the police where you're going. You can take 25 bottles of vodka on the coach and everything else and you're not breaking the law. You do that the next weekend as a football fan and you are breaking the law and you should... There's guidelines that say that, you know, if you take a coach to the game, you have to tell the police where you're going, which I just find incredibly draconian. Um, If you drink in view of the pitch at football, that's a criminal offence. If you throw a missile within a stadium, that's a specific offence. And a missile could be this plastic cup. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be anything that's going to take your eye out. A programme or something. Yeah, a pro. I've had people arrested and charged with throwing toilet rolls, you know, like as streamers yeah. throwing sweets and in one of my all-time favorite cases 
throwing a pair of fancy dress trousers in the air. <laughs> in the air? Not even yeah. at someone? No, he just Clapped. threw... Did you catch them? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I apparently get dug out from my trousers yeah. often. But, um, I mean, thankfully those cases are not as familiar as they used to be and I think the publicity around those cases is... I like to think, made the police stop and think, think you know, is this really yeah, in the yeah. public interest? Yeah. But yeah, a whole host of offences that you can get arrested for at football. Being drunk, entering a stadium, um, had a kid on towards the end, and he was a kid, he was 17 towards the end of the last season, had a can of beer in his rucksack. Um, he got to the turnstiles, realised, handed it over to a steward voluntarily. The steward said, come with me, sunshine, handed him over to the police, and the police duly nicked him. What? And charged him. Arrested him? With trying to take alcohol into a stadium. When he handed it over voluntary, yeah. he got dropped? Yeah. No, I, I don't know, actually, the outcome. I think that one's... But you would like to think, yeah. Just not, I'm not even fucked off about that. I'm fucked off. They're wasting our money. Yeah. This is a waste of money. Exactly. Exactly. And this this is why you need a solicitor, because people don't get legal advice for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes because they're banged to rights. Well, you need a solicitor then, because, you know, a solicitor can mitigate for you and can sometimes make the difference of the outcome of the sentence you get. Um, People say, I can't afford a solicitor. Well, Melanie does a fixed fee, so you get all the work for that one fixed fee. Frankly, if you can go to football... If you can afford to go to football as an away fan particularly, you can afford a lawyer. Yeah. I mean, most fans are going to take 50 to 100 quid with them, aren't they, yeah. for a boys' yeah, day out? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but you, it, surely you just say, you just say, uh, just caution me and I can spend it on next week's game. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you could. Yeah, what's wrong with caution? Though? Oh, so, sorry, I missed that. <laughs> that you chewed it up me there. <laughs> um, a caution is an admission of guilt and it remains on your record. So again, if you're offered a caution... Don't accept it without taking legal advice. You're entitled to free legal advice at the police station. Again, if I had a pound for every time I heard, oh, I didn't bother with a solicitor because it's nine o'clock in the morning and the police said, if you just interview, you know, if the police say, if yeah. you interview me now, you can be out the door by 10. If you wait for a solicitor, you're going to yeah, be here till yeah, two yeah. or three in the morning. What if, what if what would you have uh, employed me if, uh, you know, I'm a recorded bit of footy violence? Um, I'd need to look into it. All oh, right, so you wouldn't have just just been. No, there. it's because it, yeah, it's it's subjective in a lot of instances. Sometimes they it? deserve yeah. it; they're really winding yeah. you up. <laughs> um, but how you got here is an entirely different question, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, still confused. But, but what day. else? What what can we do? Because I think it's it's really interesting hearing all of that, and I can think of countless examples either that I've witnessed or heard of. Yeah. So you know, I think what can we do to promote it? You know, things like this help. Obviously, we should put all the contact details on yeah, the, yeah. Uh, on the. I'm web. thinking, yeah, more. I mean, this is definitely a conversation we should be having yeah. afterwards for sure. Yeah. But uh, can we do like a judge Judy show where we <laughs> where we trial people by public? <laughs> Bring us the fans. Yeah, the fans of the judges. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. But yeah, but there'll be ways for I think the Bull Street have an obligation really to to, to ensure that the, your services yeah. are as widely spread as possible. And, and as, many... as much as anything, because what I loved about the, the Euro stuff in particular was people were telling their own stories. Yeah. And and that's what got is to the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think you know any role we can play in that. You know. That's, Do you know what that's... would be fascinating? What Melanie Cook? Yes. Right. I'm presuming she doesn't absolutely loathe coppers. 
No, right. push doesn't. Push doesn't. Neither do I. Yeah, neither, yeah. neither do I. I, I, I. I can see in your eye. I know you. Oh, no, don't say that. I, I genuinely them. No, 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 I'm only mucking. No one likes them. I'm only mucking. A-cab. No, obviously, what I think would be a fascinating discussion to just to have you around the table is yourself, Melanie, and a copper, a policeman. I think it might be quite difficult to get a copper on because, well, some of them aren't even allowed to tweet. The secret or, or they are allowed to tweet but they're corporate tweeting and I think the police are incredibly sensitive about mm. so you I'm not saying you wouldn't get one on but you would get the corporate yeah maybe not in an official sense I can having said he was my cousin's husband I can't get him on now but yeah. he's a football fan yeah. and so were the chief super or whoever it was we were it'd be interesting to hear them talk about it from that it would be fascinating as well. Look, and, you know, the challenges are theirs as much as they are ours as well, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, of course. And it would be a perfect example, an uh, opportunity to show the human side of, of the man behind the truncheon. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably not have said that. Well, definitely want to no, place uh, them on the, there. The, the, the police that are football fans themselves are... I mean, they, they, a lot of them will say, I'm a football fan, but being a football fan is quite fashionable, isn't it? But some and of them very are. Broad. Yeah, some uh, of them are genuinely fans, so they do get it. Yeah. You know, they've been shoved around themselves, yeah. they've been treated like shit themselves, so they will try. The number of pre match briefings I've been to where I couldn't have given that briefing better myself. It's go yeah, out, yeah, talk, yeah. engage, mix, yeah, yeah. go in the pub, smile, be nice, and then you go out and you do the observations, and the police are doing the exact opposite. And also, some fans. Some coppers are actually scared of football fans. Mm. You know, like if there's a pub that's a known rowdy pub, mm. I'm not going in there, I might get my head mm. kicked mm. in. So the police kind of suffer from believing this, st- well, not believing the stereotypes well, because they're there for a reason. Walking- but that reason is a historic reason, isn't it? But well, did you broadly? They're just as human beings. They're ultimately police, they're often seen as this kind of blanket kind of force, uh, you know, giant fist yeah. there to smash you down forever kind of thing if you're all wellian enough. Um, but but but, but they're, they're human beings. They're going to they be affected by the reputation of certain yeah. football clubs. They're going to be affected by stories from other coppers that are going to be te- t- 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 telling exactly war stories. Exactly the same way that fans are affected and by if you're, And if you stories. are nervous and, and or anxious about a situation, you're not fully compass mm. you're not you are yeah. going to perhaps a, a, a act in a certain way and I know the policemen will never admit to any of that mm. because it would be difficult for them to do that but it's got to be true and as fans you've got to understand it as well I think that's right I couldn't put it better myself mm. spot on cheers and it's the same with supporters as well isn't it you know passing down the stories from father to son yeah. and yeah, yeah. so yeah. if you go away for the first time to a certain ground you might think fucking hell this is going to be a bit yeah, yeah but the well, reality yeah. is what happened there was 20 years ago yeah. and you're going to be absolutely fine and yeah, yeah absolutely okay uh, Amanda so it's at FSF underscore fair cop and your email if you want to give it out it is Amanda well it's in my Twitter profile but if you're not on Twitter it's amanda.jacks j-a-c-k-s at fsf.org.uk thank you so much for coming actually we've got, you you're in next week again I am yeah as a part of the boss wider, Dave boss Dave with boss, Dave. And boss it will be boss it won't no, be I think it should, stay, yeah, it should be when we're talking about real fans. Uh, maybe I should be involved. Um, you, you'll have a word then. Yeah, yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll have a word with. Uh, so, so, okay, so um, yeah, but next week we've got uh, you've got your Monday boss, in, and we're going to be talking broadly, more broadly about Football Supporters Federation. Fab. We've also got Leon McKenzie coming in next week, so that's going to be great. Ex footballer turned pro boxer, so that's going to be a fascinating discussion. Um, we've got a couple of other really amazing podcasts lined up, um, but in the meantime. We'll see you. Thanks again once for downloading. It's a pleasure. Thank Thank you. you. Cheers.
All right, that was good, wasn't it, Shu? Yeah, enjoyed that. Amanda was very interesting. A good cause to get behind. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as I say, on um, next week, we're going to have a podcast going out about the Football Supporters Federation, what more widely what they do, because they're involved in all kinds of different things. And um, there's a lot of stuff in the press at the moment about, about Supporters Direct and uh, them having money issues. They're... Sports Direct. Sport, I don't want to count. Did I, what did I say? Sports <laughs> no, Direct. <you> <laughs> yeah, Sports Direct are definitely not having money problems. Um, so the, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in, in the press that I'd like to talk to them about next week because um, yeah. along with the Football Sports Federation, Supports Direct do amazing work, have saved loads of football clubs, bought um, shares in AFC, yeah. I think over 40 football clubs. So it'd be amazing to talk about that. So we'll be doing that a ne- bit more next uh, yeah, week. Yeah, I think that's something that you know that's something that we've spoke about before. Getting behind that because you know I know what happened at Rangers, but yeah. I'd seen before that what had happened at Portsmouth and various clubs. And I think you know you can get um, get depressed about the situation you're in unless you start to see examples of people getting it right and making it work. And if we can share these lessons and all point point out how you go about these things, then more people can have control of it I guess yeah that's why it's, I mean, it's such a depressing outlook that Nicky has at West Ham Fan TV at the moment I completely understand why he feels the way he does because I've done for so long felt that the machine is so big that we as fans can do nothing about it really because it just rumbles on regardless of, of of protest and there's been many over the years at football and, and very few have seemed to do anything but Liverpool seem to be at the forefront of being able to uh, because of their socialist background yeah. and, and the Maybe not socialist background. That's probably the wrong wrong word. But you know they, they've they've had a background in protest in the the minor strikes yeah. and, and anti authority to some degree. It was uh, the not the the docks, wasn't it for Liverpool? Yeah. Yeah, the docks. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, so um, you but know we can do something, and, and fans can club together to to make the game better. It's just we've got to realise the powers that that's in the proles. But it's also the like you talk about the machine. If I look at what's happening with the Champions League, for example, yeah, and if the big clubs get together and create this thing that's inaccessible to my club, that used to be one of the bigger Super clubs, League Super League, yeah. that kind of thing, the, the machine maybe is too big. That machine, yeah, but that doesn't have to be the machine, yeah. Because like if I look at Rangers today, for example, it gives me much more joy. Watching somebody like an Andy Halliday run about the pitch, right, someone like me. Let's talk about this because we said we would. Yeah. Uh, the, the Barton debacle. Because uh, look, we, we make jokes about you talking about Rangers and so. Can everyone talks about their own clubs? I'm constantly on talking yeah. balls talking about Tottenham because that's ultimately the club that I'm interested in. But the, the Barton stuff is crazy. Yeah. So, um, where did it start? Because let that start from the beginning. Because Rangers have you know worked their way up, and for a long yeah. time you haven't been able to sign big name players. And no matter how you wrap it up, fans are interested in signing yeah. big name players. And you bought Barton, which yeah. was a, a coup because the level of Scottish football is is probably at that level questionable. Yeah, questionable. But also you think of what he did for Barnsley. He's def- yeah. uh, sorry, Burnley. He's definitely going to be able yeah. to do a job for for Rangers. Yeah, you thought so. He brings he brings with him a little little baggage. Yeah, little I mean, I think it's it's like a fascinating soap opera, isn't it? And I think as much as fans of other Scottish clubs will deny it, they've missed Rangers. Yeah, and I think as much as we deny it, um, we've missed that that big name signing and, and being part of that drama as well. Um, I think the interesting thing is how quickly it's gone south. With Barton. Because, um, you know, you, you kind of want to like Barton to a degree. <coughs> I, um, I, I don't have a great... I don't I don't feel that... I feel he's... There's, there's, right. there's a lot of good and what 
he says at times, uh, you know, and it is. I mean, I heard uh, Michael Stewart last night on the the commentary for the Rangers Queen of the South game, yep. saying that he felt Barton was manufacturing this. To what end? To 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 the way that it's playing out. You know, he's like we've all had spats in the dressing rooms, but this seems manufactured. I, I, I wanted to speak to him about it actually. Michael like, Michael Stewart being the next ex, pro, yeah, man, like, uh, yeah, and he's now co-commentate on, on, on BT Sport so I thought that was interesting and worth exploring and I think with Barton there there's, can always be an accusation that certain things are manufactured you know he does book launch this week there's certain things that stack up that <laughs> maybe suggest that he's, he's playing a clever game but yeah. it's, it's also about we, we always talk about how there's not enough characters in the game yeah. but then when a character does stick his head up mm. he gets kicked and knocked down so I think that's really interesting What? so what, what actually happened so well firstly we get pumped 5-1 off Celtic <laughs> um, and there's going to be recriminations in the dressing room or whatever now I, somebody who knows people at the club tell me certain things and you read what's said in the press but what it boils down to is a disagreement in the dressing room about um what was going on you know uh, Barton's contribution so far uh, Barton brought up this standard of Scottish football allegedly you know you'll never fully know the, 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 the true conversation but it's mm. clear from what Barton said from what Warburton said that Barton overstepped the mark yep. so it'd be great to know what, what actually went on there but I think from from a football point of view it um, it puts Warburton under the spotlight. You know, get people like Chris Sutton coming out and saying that um, the players will sense weakness in him now. It's highlighted some of the issues that fans maybe have with the team that he's not fixed the defence, we're signing the wrong players, mm. that he sticks to his system bloody mindedly, yep. um, which I don't have a problem with if he's got the right players. And for, for all you can look at, if we stick to the football thing, I think Warburton. In this, you know, I support him through it, but I think what's fundamentally happened is he's moved away from one of the core principles that he came in with was you need a small squad in football. Everybody needs to see see a pathway to the first team. Yeah. So your you know your tight group of sixteen or eighteen, then kids can also be on that. See see how they make the team. But now you're finding yourself with a midfield. It's stacked full of. Um, Players, you yeah. know, too many, too many people competing for positions. Don't think it's any coincidence that Halliday was dropped for Barton for the, the old firm game. Those were the two that fought in the dressing room. Yeah, other punches were exchanged or what I don't know. But I think that's one of the problems, not just the fact that you get humped off your your biggest rival. Yeah, it doesn't help. No, but but it kind of it, it brings to the fore some potential problems yeah. or problems that are, that exist. And you know the, the the great thing, one of the things I love about Scottish football, is that they don't suffer fools gladly. I know it's a cliche yeah. to say, but you think of what don't Nathan, suffer people gladly. Yeah, just people <laughs> in general. But um, Nathan Ottawa went up and played for Rangers last season. That's when I started to take notice. Obviously, I know you're Dominic a big, Ball as well. Yeah. Dominic Ball, yep. Um, mm-hmm. But Ottawa went up and and he did in his first game. I think it was a pre-season game, a rainbow flick. Yeah. Over um, over and some Alwa defender, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. and. There's some things you just don't do in Scottish football. Right? Yeah. Boot someone up in the air, punch someone, 
dig out their mum, whatever it might be, that's acceptable. But you don't rainbow flick someone, and yeah, you, you, they don't. It's not like it's like the fancy Dan type. And while Barton isn't that as a footballer, he is as a personality. But I think it's interesting because everybody gets sucked in by it. You know, I think Rangers fans wanted to be sucked in because he said, you know, the Scott Brown stuff was comedy. The the Roger stuff, but you knew there was always there was always a risk in that. And fundamentally, he's not done it in the pitch. He's not backed his words up. Yeah, and you know he needs to do that yet, though, is he? Is it enough to show? No, is it enough to show? You know, uh, he's uh, just uh, underperformed. Yeah, I, I think he's underperformed. I don't think he's the the way the midfield's been set up's helped. But you you take the difference with last night and Halliday coming back. Warburton made him captain, yeah. so I think Warburton's absolutely nailing his colours to the mast. Halliday was great um, beyond scoring the goal he was exactly what he was last season and I think what well, the dynamic of that midfield both in terms of the, the players and the way they're playing but also the personalities changed mm. and I think Barton maybe wasn't the right guy to, 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 to be that signing mm. um, you know, I think it was obvious in the Celtic game that they had a lot of, sort of ver- youthful verve and energy and we didn't have that mm. but we, I felt we had it last season but I think it's also interesting the way people react to it. You know, you've got people like Chris Boyd coming out and saying um, it was all a PR stunt and he's sick to his stomach. Chris Boyd did? Yeah, that Barton signing for Rangers was a PR stunt. Is and Chris Boyd was a play- a pl- he's a player for Rangers? No, he, he was. He's now at Kilmarnock. Um, right. He was a co-commentator last night, but he's in the press today saying he's he's sick to his stomach saying that. He's a big Rangers fan. Yeah. Um, and people are questioning... Barton's motives what you start you start to look at and you can make a story around that um, and there's a story there Yeah. but there's so much in it that I think you've just got to look at what's going on in the pitch and judge it in that absolutely but how's it, this going to play out then do you think he's, he's got a free I think he's ban. gone I think, I think that's like just um, negotiating a settlement I think so Barton's already making statements about how he wish he stayed at Burnley um, they, I, it's going to be hard to come back from that. People have done it. Um, you question, you know, you, you take somebody like Walter Smith. Would he have managed the character differently? Mm. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think the amount of dust ups that have happened in club. Not very many come out. Mm. So why did this one come out in it's the a way? Weird it one. Is? So they're engineering the yeah, move away. Maybe. I mean, but the, but if Mo Johnson can sign for Rangers and play and be successful, then surely yeah, Joe yeah. Barton can come. But I mean, Barton. It's, it's like I say, you kind of want to like him. He's, you know, the way I said to you earlier, it was like he was that new kid at school that came in. It was dead chippy and cheeky to your teachers, <laughs> um, and you wanted to be in his gang. But then the more time you spend with him, you, you realise he's totally twisted in the head. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, you, but you get you, you got your moment you know with Christ 10 tweets yeah. that he sent at the start of the season or something gave me a lot of joy yeah and I've got something back from him yeah yeah if he doesn't give you maybe, on the maybe it's good riddance yeah yeah well we'll see how that pans out alright that's it for the Long Ball Street podcast uh, Matt will return next week um but thanks once again for downloading. You can follow the podcast Twitter account at, at Long Ball Street. Uh, remember to leave reviews on our iTunes and YouTube. We produce lots of really good content each week uh, that we're sort of proud of. <laughs> um, yeah, on Monday we've got Social Club. On Wednesday we have You Decide. On Friday uh, the show I produce called Talking Balls. Uh, yeah, follow us, subscribe, and, and get involved. This has been Long Ball Street. See you at the far post.
that's what Matt says. Right, you yeah. You, you, no, you use something different yourself. You don't need to follow in those footsteps. Well, it's kind of something that we do. Yeah. You'd be, well, you'd be we'll, we'll go to the pub and talk about that, folks. Oh, all right, cheers. Don't See I don't suffer flav gladly. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 